Welcome once again to this third installment about God, Creator and the Created. And precisely in this videocast, we will see what Creator means, the word Creator. Certainly, there are many aspects of what we're speaking about which we cannot delve into because the material is dense and it would take many courses of theology to delve into the different aspects of what we're speaking about. So really what I'm doing or I'm trying to do is a synthesis of sorts for this material to be more digestible, more easy, easier to understand to a greater public. Even that, I would think that it's still not the easiest subject to speak about. But when we were speaking yesterday about definitions or about defining anything, we said that a definition leaves something out of what is defined. If we were to, for example, take the definition of man, that man is a rational animal, we leave out all the particular traits of man's nature, which, yes, are more peripheral, more accident or accidental to his nature, but nevertheless are properties of his nature without which no man is a man. We know what a bore a person can be who has not the slightest sense of humor. But such a person without the capacity of humor is not even human. Sure, there can be psychological, pedagogical reasons or even temperamental reasons for why a person does not enjoy or is almost incapable of humor. But to be able to laugh, that is in or that comes or that flows from man's nature itself. It's a faculty of his being. However, when we speak about giving God a definition, when we speak about all the problems and defining God, Something similar to defining anything, like defining man, happens. Not only do we have to leave things out, but how do you define something or someone of whom you do not and cannot have a direct experience? Let us take the example of the definition of man. In order to know what man is, in order to arrive at definition of at its most basic level, we observe men, we observe women, we observe ourselves. We see us as something different from minerals and plants. We have a sensitive life. We perceive and react to perceptions. We have organs which help us accomplish this. We have certain mobility to accomplish this as well. Thus, a part of our being is animated. We are animals. 
And yet, when we compare ourselves to other animated beings, we find that we are different because we are rational, we are conscious of our acts. We are free to choose our acts in front of circumstances. Now this process of, of, uh, of experiences, phenomenology is not possible with God. Certainly thanks to Revelation, God tells us something about himself. But this is primarily going to pass through the lens of our limited human intelligence when God is so much more. Often, biblical images are that of a hidden God or a metaphorical. God is like the burning bush that appears to Moses or the cloud that descends upon the tent of the meeting. He is a rock, he is a warrior, he is a peacemaker, etc. The relation of God, at least in the Old Testament, seems vague, at least to his nature. It gives us certain attributes, certain ways of, of, of understanding God, but it's not always very clear. And sometimes the popular image to describe faith, the faith we have in God, the God which we cannot see, is that of darkness. But it's not. St. Thomas Aquinas several times uses another image to think about God's intelligibility. He says that the object of our faith is more like the bright sun before a bat or an owl. We lack the capacity to look into the sun with our weak eyes. We are incapable by nature to discern the details and delve into the brightness. So if you want to define God, we must keep in mind our utter, our utter incapacity to do so. Yet this does not mean that we cannot say something about God, nor that some definition may be offered. If we speak of God as creator, it is easier for us to understand something of God and arrive at some truth. For as we have said, creation is an effect and something of the cause can be known in the effect. This is rationally possible to a degree. It is rather necessary if we look, or if we're looking from the side of faith, we have the biblical account that tells us who God is as creator and who we are as creatures. We will later comment uh, specifically upon the biblical account, which is the source of our revelation, which is that which informs our faith and which reason must conform to. Now, reason conforms to faith not out of violence against reason, but on the contrary, as faith which perfects reason. Yesterday, we did come to a definition about creation, which can be useful to 
have some sort of definition about creator, although in the end we'll be using a dogmatic definition. The production by a wise and good God of all material and spiritual substances out of nothing that is from no prisics in matter and continues to conserve all creatures and being. Now that is creation. And this, as I said, already indicates a way to define God as creator. Of course, when in this definition we say that the universe is a production of a wise and good God, we are getting ahead of ourselves because we have not seen rationally how God is good or wise or how he creates without necessity. Hopefully, we also later will touch upon these points. Now, to be creator of the universe means to be the first efficient and final cause of all things. Nothing can be produced and be produced without an end, a final cause. The end that is the final cause is more than a simple desire of the producer to make something. It is that which makes the producer, or the creator in our case, make something into something specific. And it is found in what is produced as well. If from the marble you were to make a statue, it will take the form of a statue because the end exists to transform marble into a specific form, like the pieta. And the end, the final cause, remains in the form produced. God created the universe for himself. Traditionally, one says, for his glory. Yet without necessity or depends upon it, it was, you could call it, the freest act of art ever. And since he is at the root of this act of creation, he is efficient and only cause. He created all things. Actually, as I was saying, there is a dogmatic definition of God as creator. And it comes to us, well, first of all, in Lateran 4, which is around 1214 AD, but in a more elaborate way in the dogmatic constitution on the Catholic faith in De Filius, which is the dogmatic constitution of the First Vatican Council. 1869, 1870. And so from the first chapter, we can have this definition, which we always have to keep in mind, and which in a certain way in the next videocasts we will be touching upon in one way or another. Now, I will end with this by reading this definition. This one true God, by his goodness and almighty power, not with the intention of increasing his happiness, nor indeed of obtaining happiness, 
but in order to manifest his perfection by the good things which he bestows on what he creates by an absolutely free plan together from the beginning of time brought into being from nothing the twofold creator created order that is the spiritual and the bodily the angelic and the earthly are thereafter the human which is in a way common to both it is composed of spirits and body so in the next podcast we will a sense be elaborate more on this definition uh, perhaps on the attributes of God and how we arrive there rationally and and then perhaps even biblically biblically so thank you for listening once again <laughs>